Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. From this series, Right Comes Out Right. Amen. How many are excited about this? Amen. I, I'm, I'm super excited. Got a lot of good feedback. And um, I, I, if, if you didn't pay attention last week, if you didn't pay attention Sunday, if you usually don't pay attention, pay attention tonight. This is a night, I believe, honestly, if you'll really listen and really pay attention, this will be, I believe this will be a reference point for some people. I believe this will be something you can look back on and really say that that message helped me. Amen. Not that all messages don't help, but I believe, I really believe that because I want to I tell uh, some things tonight, share some things tonight, and kind of change direction just a little bit. But not totally. I'm going to still go off. The last week we started with the, with the uh, series Right Comes Out Right. And in that we wrote down an acronym. And we had uh, R-I-G-H-T. We had respect, integrity, growth, hatred for the things that are not of God, and trust. And so tonight would be uh, integrity. And it's going to have some integrity in the recipe. But I want to I change the I letter or word of it from integrity to instruction. Okay, so if you'll write down the word instruction, so we're still staying on I, we're not changing this at all, we're going along with this, and, and, and right comes out right. Uh, I, I, we were thinking about this, I was actually talking to Paul and Brenda yesterday, and maybe we'll do this. I, I believe that there's probably a lot of stories in this place, they have some as a matter of fact that are so powerful, uh, where you have been saved long enough now, so you've got to be saved long enough to be able to, for right to come out right. Does anybody understand that? Right doesn't come out right right away, very rarely. Not, not that it can't ever, but usually right comes out right down the road. And, and you have to wait it out a little bit. And then you can look back and you can say, wow, I look back at that time when I made a decision or, or, I, or I didn't make a decision or I, or I did this thing or I didn't do this thing. And then you say, wow, look what God saved me from. Let me know what I'm talking about. And so, so in, the, in the opposite side of that, I was thinking that there's the words, I actually told you last week that this series would tell you that, th- that this is a recipe for success, okay, right, right, coming out right, and tonight I want to I show the angle of how many have ever heard the word, this is a recipe for disaster, okay, there is a recipe for disaster, and so I want to really focus on this word instruction, and uh, we're going to start off in, in Proverbs chapter 4, if you want to go there, I love to see all the notebooks, love to see all all the note-taking. I want to thank everybody again tonight for all the love and, and appreciation that you gave us on Sunday to my wife and I, to Pastor Mario and Deonza, to my father, Pastor Andrews, and, and mom. Um, it was a blessing, overwhelming, so thankful for those who put it on and those who just uh, took the time to, to make us want to keep serving you. Amen? So it was a big-time blessing. I, I found this today. Write this down. This is a powerful thought. So The Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, okay, the Bible is meant to be, you guys are looking up at the screen, and it's not on the screen, over here. The Bible is meant to be used for bread, for daily use, not like cake for special occasions. That's good, isn't it? That's how the Bible is supposed to be, used for daily bread, not for cake for special occasions. Some people whip it out, special occasions, Amen. Y'all will get that tomorrow. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. So we're going to talk about instructions. This is a key verse here, okay? Take hold of, and I'm doing New Living Translation tonight because some of these things just, they, they come across simpler uh, in, this, in this translation. Take hold of my instructions. Take hold of my instructions. I'm going to read this a couple times over just to really pound this home. Don't let them go. That's very important because a lot of times in our lives we listen sometimes. Or we listen, we listen for a while. Or we listen to some things. But he says, don't let them go. Don't let my instructions go. You know the Bible's basic instruction before leaving earth? We can't just listen to the Bible for a while. The Bible has to be the, the, the authority in our lives forever. Okay, so don't let them go. Guard them. For they are the key to life. How many believe that tonight, that the Bible is the key to your life? It is the key to your life. Some of you didn't nod your head yes, and, and if you don't get that and realize that it is, you're going to have some headaches, some major headaches. You're going to have some major problems. But if you will realize that this Bible is instructions for your life, it is a key to your life, and, and you guard the instructions. Not, I'm not just talking about the instructions of, a, of, a, of putting something together or the instructions of a, of, a, of a supervisor. I'm talking about the instructions of God, from God, amen, for your life because the Bible's a manual, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for your word, for your instructions. We ask you tonight to speak to us. Thank you for this time of worship and praise and being together. Thank you for all these people that you brought in on a cold night, Lord. And we were able to be here and, and, and strengthen each other and fellowship together. I pray that you'd anoint my words. And God, that you would pierce our hearts tonight with your word. And it would challenge us, comfort us, grow us, and help us. And that we would always try to see right come out right. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me read another verse, Proverbs 12, verse 1. This is interesting. It says, to learn, you must love discipline. To learn, you must love discipline. Watch this. Look at the, look at, look at the screen. It is stupid to hate correction. How many are starting to like this series already? Last week, I, you know, I'm getting in trouble with parents. I can tell, though. This is, I'm getting all kinds of trouble with parents. Don't say stupid and don't say hate. And this, that's true, but these are in the Bible. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but they told us, don't call that person stupid. Okay? And that's, that, that's good in elementary, especially, but don't call them that. But the Bible says, that's like the word fool. There, 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 there aren't atheists in the world. They're fools. And I didn't say it and you didn't say it. God said it. Only a fool says in his heart that there is no God. So this says that it is stupid to hate correction. Now, I see the cloud above your heads. I see them popping up, and you're saying, that's the New Living Translation. That's probably not even in the Bible. You're right. Stoop is not in King James. But let me tell you what word is. Brute. And let me tell you what the definition of brute is, because stupid is actually nice. Brute is a non-human creature, a beast, a brutal, insensitive, or crude person. So let's stick with stupid. Okay? How many like that just now? Okay? To learn, you must love discipline, and it is stupid to hate correction. 
Okay? I'm, I'm really putting emphasis on these two verses because we have to understand how important it is to learn and how important it is, like I've been saying recently, especially from the Old Testament, the examples that we saw in the Old Testament that we can learn from without having to go through those problems ourselves. Okay? So it is vitally important to listen to instruction. Let's look at Hebrews 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Look what this says. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they give an account to God. They are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Leave that up for a second. I want to read this again. This is, this is some people, I don't believe anybody here, but some people maybe have a problem with church, maybe have a problem with pastors, maybe have a problem with organized, what you'd call organized religion and all these different things. And those lone rangers are out there by themselves and they never have anybody speak into their lives. Now there's abuse. Yes, there is. But have you, how many have eaten at a bad restaurant before? Amen. Did you stop eating at restaurants? You just stopped eating at that restaurant. How many have ever had a bad fruit? Stop eating fruit. We don't stop everything we do in our lives because we have a bad example or a bad test. Yes, there's abuse. There's abuse in all kinds of things. There's abuse in churches. There's things that are done wrong. But God's way is that there'd be a church setting, a local church, where there would be somebody who would speak into our lives and we would be smart enough and not stupid. Amen. And wise enough and not foolish to say, I'm going to put my trust not in the man himself or the church itself, but what they're teaching, what the word of God is saying. And we are not doing these things. We're not preaching these messages for our benefit. We're preaching these messages for the benefit of your life, for you to grow, for you to learn, and to save you from some serious problems. And, and I'm going to get into a story here in a second, but I want to say before even that, I would tell you that as many people as we have in this church tonight, as many people are here in this church tonight and overall in our church and our congregation, those that come faithfully, whatever that number is, there is twice to three times that many people who have come through this church who have left with a bad attitude, who have not taken correction, who have not received instruction, who have said, now I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to go my own way. And let me tell you something, they're not doing well. They're out doing their own thing, and, and, and then if they leave this place and they go to another church, they're going to take the problems that they had here to another church, because like Pastor Mario said last week, it's not the church's problem. We, don't, we shouldn't blame the church for the situations we have in our life. It, we have to buck stops here. So it's so important that we say, if there's fruit in this place, if there's fruit in our lives, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have somebody in my life, and I have these pastors in my life, that I trust because I've seen fruit in their life and their motives are for good and their motives are to help me. And I was just praying yesterday, the day before, Lord, speak to my pastor if he sees anything in my life that needs to be changed, anything that, that needs to be uh, uh, different, tell him to call me, tell him to speak. I want to hear, I want to be teachable so that I don't fall into problems. Why, you know why? Because I'm not stupid. How many don't want to be stupid? Tell the person next to you, don't be stupid. Some of you couldn't even say it. Some of you were like, I can't say it. Mama's going to slap me. 
And, and some of your mom's not even alive, but you know she'd slap you from wherever she is. But I just read that from the Bible, right? I'm, it's in the New Living Translation. Tell the person next to you, don't be a brute. Don't be brutish. Yeah, brutish is the act of being a brute. Okay? How many are with me? So I mentioned Sunday morning that we, that we had some really horrible news last week. Pastor Mario and I did a discipleship Saturday morning. It was phenomenal, super important. And thank God it just fell at a great time. We had a great turnout. We had a lot of guys come help us clean out this garage to start working on uh, making another Sunday school room for the growth. And we shared some things, and I told this story because it involved both of us. And um, I'm going to tell you what the name of the title was, and there'll never be a title like that again, I hope in Jesus' name. The title of my discipleship was a convert, sorry, a convert murders a convert. A convert murders a convert. That's pretty wild, huh? How many have been hearing me say lately, Jerry Springer ain't got nothing? On the Bible, on life, on Christianity, on crazy things that happen. So, uh, so I'm going to give you just a quick story. I'll give you a little bit of background. And this is very important to what I'm teaching you tonight. I'm, I'm giving you the example. Uh, so we're talking about right comes out right. Well, here's, the, here's tonight's inside of the right comes out right. Wrong comes out wrong. Okay? Wrong comes out wrong. If you're doing it right and you keep doing right and you keep doing right and you keep doing right, it's going to come out right. But if you do wrong and you keep doing wrong and you keep doing wrong, it's going to come out wrong. You can't expect it to come out right when you're doing it wrong. Not saying we can't make mistakes and, and fix those and repent of those, but if you see somebody over and over doing the wrong thing, not listening to instruction, not heeding to these things, you're going to see that life turn wrong. And, and I saw someone mention today that there's a lot of people dying, there's a lot of actors dying, all these things are happening. And they said, man, I said, you know what really people really need to start thinking about is where they're going to spend eternity. Amen. Not how long they lived on this life, but how, long, how, how, how and where they're going to spend eternity. So... When we started our church in Costa Rica about 2001, um, we, we were in our first building, and, and this, this young woman came in named Melissa, and she began to uh, ser- uh, be faithful. She began to serve. She was ve- there all the time, and, and then as time went on, she came to me one time, and, and she said, I want you to pray for my, uh, my boyfriend, and I, I said, okay. She might have said husband. A lot of them do over there. She might have said husband. I don't know. But she said, I want you to pray for my boyfriend. I said, okay. She said, I want to pray that he'll come in and get saved and give his life to the Lord. So some time went on. And uh, I don't remember exactly how long the time frame was. But her boyfriend, Rudy, came in and got saved. This was in the first year or two uh, of our church starting in Costa, in San Jose in Pavas. Uh, that same church that uh, Pastor Marlon Dianza pr- pastored and then now Pastor Carlos is pastoring with Gloria that they preached on. And so uh, they came in and uh, started coming together, found out they were living together like so many people we've, here and in Costa Rica. Uh, the Holy Spirit began to work on them and uh, we, we counseled them. They got married. I married them. And uh, they began to serve, and time began to go on. They began to serve more. Uh, Just like so many people in here as a couple who have come in and gotten saved, given their lives to the Lord, they began to really just pour their lives uh, into God and just really surrender to God and really serve God. So as time went on, um, we, we, we began to prepare to leave. 
Pastor Mario and Deanza took the church over, and, and, and I almost wish Pastor Mario had the mic with me so he could make sure I'm not saying this wrong. But if it is wrong, it will just be by dates, possibly. Um, but when we left, um, oh, before Pastor Mario and Deanza, but this before, I believe, Pastor, before they came to take over, we had, uh, they had got to a place where we had actually sent them out to start a church, this couple that I'm talking about. And, and, and Pavas is a big city, but they don't, not everybody has cars. Lots of people don't have cars, but it's, it's, it's small at the same time, but it was big enough to where you could have a church within a few miles and people couldn't walk that far. And so we put a church way down at the other end. This particular city we pastor in, you can only go in and out one way. There's only one way in and one way out. You can't go any other way. And so we went all the way to the end. They started a church in their home. They started getting people. And about that time, a few months later, our youth leaders uh, were, were, act, were acting up and, and things weren't going well. So we had to, to change our youth leaders and bring them back to the church so they could take over the youth. And I believe that that's what the situation was when, when we turned the church over to Pastor Marl and Deanson. So we left. They were serving with them. Uh, then God, uh, one more thing I'll say before that, uh, before I, I left, uh, he had, um, he did j- drywall. It was an amazing drywall person. And in our building, Paul and Brenda have seen it, Chris and Laura have seen it. Uh, they, went, they went several years ago uh, to, to our church over there. There's a humongous wall that, that, that separates what we made the sanctuary from Sunday school. It'd be kind of like this, the same idea, but it needed 500 sheets of sheetrock. That's how big the wall is. So when we got into this building, we needed people that did sheetrocks. This guy, God, we didn't know he did sheetrock. He started putting the sheetrock up. He found out he was really good at it. So long story short, I began to tell him, um, man, you, if you would just make your own business, stop working for somebody. I said, how much do you make in a month? He told me. I said, you can make that on one job in a few days. Well, why don't stop? Keep don't keep working for somebody. So he listened, helped him make some cards, and he started uh, uh, starting his own business. And all of a sudden, within a short amount of time, he had his own business and was making really good money. Uh, also, Pastor Mario and Johnson, when they got there, they helped him, and, and it got to a place where this man, this I'm talk, I've told you many times that poverty that the church is in, this man was making tons of money. He was growing his business phenomenally. Uh, it was, it was, it was, he was growing so much that they actually were able to move out of this poverty-stricken area and buy a house cash in another area, in a really nice area. They bought a vehicle cash. Uh, God was just, I mean, they were, they were building houses on the beach, big-time contracts, and he was making amazing money. And then uh, seven years ago, exactly seven years ago, I was able to look back on my timeline. God blessed them some more. And Pastor Mario and Deonza came to the Mexico conference with Pastor Fuentes. We went to the Mexico conference and were able to see them. So they were able to be blessed, not only financially, but the door opened up for them to go to the Mexico conference as pastors and be at that conference and serve and learn and, and everything. And then after that, they were able to go over to Colorado Springs, all the way from Costa Rica. I'm talking from poverty to a job, to business, to pastoring, to serving, to go into the Mexico conference, to go into the conference in the Colorado Springs. So most of the people in our, in our fellowship met this, these people. And, and God's moving in their lives. And you know why God's moving in their lives? Because they're listening to correction. They're listening to instruction. They're doing the right thing. When you're doing the right thing, God blesses. 
When you're doing the right thing, like Joe said at the offering, God's got his hand on things. Okay, so, so that's, that's what's going on. That's the good that's happening. Uh, not too long later, a few, a few years later, we got news, and I, I think it was three or four. I'm so off on that. How many years ago was it with her? Four years ago. Okay, so four years ago, we get some of, some of if not the worst news I've, I've ever heard in my life. That Melissa and Rudy were separated. I'm not going to go into all the details. There was unfaithfulness. They began to get uh, bitter uh, in the church because they weren't listening to instruction from their pastors. They were trying to work on some character issues with them. They, they could have been the candidates to take over the church that Pastor Mario and Dianza left in Paulus. They could have been the ones. They were, they, were, they were converts from the beginning. They had business savvy. They had money. They, they had all the goods to be able to take that church over. And they could be pastoring it today. If, the, if they would have continued. Obviously, you know in this story, they weren't continuing. Okay, This is where it starts to go south. So they get, they get separated, divorced, whatever. She goes with another man, a young person, not even not a younger person. And gets pregnant with him and all kinds of things start happening and we hear about that. And then all of a sudden we hear the most horrible news that this woman, Melissa, who, who came into our church as that sweet young lady and got saved and changed her life and transformed her life, went through all those blessings and then started to make wrong decisions Stopped listening to their pastors. Stopped listening to instruction. Stopped doing the right thing. And one day, it was so bad, she got her little baby, who she had had in that affair, and took that baby to her mom's house and walked to a place where there was a bridge and jumped off the bridge and killed herself. This is, this is a spiritual daughter to us. And I've told that, I told that story many years ago. A lot of you haven't heard it. How tragic is that? How horrible is that? I told you it was going to grip you, right, this message. Jumps off a bridge to her death. It was on the news. It was all over Costa Rica. And she committed suicide and killed herself. And left her two beautiful kids that she had with Rudy and that baby with the other guy. So... That's horrible as in, enough as it is. Then we find out that Rudy begins to uh, continue to backslide. And Pastor Mario saw him just a few years later or a few years ago. I can't remember all the time frames. And, and he went and visited him. And he was, he was backslidden and, and not serving God and, and doing the wrong things. And as a matter of fact, Pastor Mario went to uh, the, the house of a man who, a, a, after, not too long after they took over the church, was a very known drug dealer in Pavas. And in Costa Rica. And he came in, his name was David, and he came in and got miraculously saved in the church. And Pastor Mario married David and his uh, now wife, Rebecca. No, Catherine, that was close. <laughs> Catherine, that wasn't even close. Amen. You know I'm bad with names. So he married them, they began to serve God. Time went on, they started doing the wrong thing. They stopped obeying the instructions. They started making bad choices. And they backslid and went out of the church. So this leads up to, up to this week, this past week. I get a call from Pastor Mario. And he, he says, you remember David? We talked about David a little bit. That was, that was their convert that got saved after we left. I said, yeah. We talked about it. He said, 
he said he got shot. And, and, and I said, okay. And he said, but you're never going to believe who shot him. And the one who shot him was old Pastor Rudy, the husband of the woman who jumped off the bridge. They got in a fight somehow, and a windshield was broken, and he took out a gun and shot him several times. And when he called me, he had been shot. That was on a Tuesday. And Thursday, he, David passed away. And so Rudy went and turned himself in. And so today, he's sitting in jail waiting to go to prison from where he should be preaching in a pulpit. How many can say that's tragic? You can't get any more tragic than that. You can't get any more horrible than that. You can't get any more lost than that. I mean, I, we're, and we're not talking, church, about some, some story that we heard about. We're talking about, if, you, if I could say names in here, I, I gave the example. Can you, so how many how, know, know how sweet and nice John is? I just thought of John a lot because he just has that. That's the kind of personality Rudy had. You, if you put 10 people in a line of who would shoot somebody, he'd be 11th. But how can, he go, how can you go from changing your life and giving your life to the Lord and being set free from all kinds of party and all the stuff that they did, get married, have kids raised in church, be in a family, God bless your business, become a pastor, serve, go to conferences, be blessed in business and all these things and end up with your wife jumping off a bridge and you in jail looking at possibly life in prison for murder of someone who he was actually a friend. A murder, a, co a convert kills a convert. So I know it's really quiet in here. I know it's really sad. And that's actually why I had a little breakdown Sunday morning after the, after the appreciation because I, I had this bittersweet moment when I was so, so touched by emotion of your thankfulness and thoughtfulness. And I looked over at some of these guys and thought about Rudy and, and everything that had happened to him. And, and listen, this is a kind of story that, I, that, that isn't something we're talking about of in Pastor Dylan's church in Africa or, or, or even if it was, it, this is home. This is, this is something that's totally personal to Pastor Mario and Dianza and I and Carla because these were people that we, we, we raised up. They're like children to us. And, and, and you almost have this uh, guilt, like as if they were your children. And you, how many, can you imagine if your, if your child killed somebody? The guilt, it doesn't matter if you did anything wrong. The, the, you'd, you're not even, not even asking, did I do something wrong? It's just that how could, how could my son or my daughter kill somebody? How could my son or my daughter jump off a bridge? Well, the answer is everything we're talking about tonight, wrong turns out wrong. And when we stop heeding to instruction, and as that Psalm, uh, Proverbs 4 said, if we let go of instruction and we don't guard instruction, which is the key to life, there's a verse that the Bible says that Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that is a story of destruction. And that is a story that should be a reference point for everybody in this place. For us to be able to say, God, I do not want that to be me. I do not want my life to end up that way. And listen, I, I said on Saturday morning out of 1 Corinthians 10, take heed lest you think you're somebody and fall. We have to stay humble. I could be that person. 
You could be that person. Anybody in here, I'm telling you, if you could, I, have, I showed a bunch of people Sunday morning the picture. I should have put it up on the screen tonight, the picture of this man. You would never think that man could kill somebody. Never. And you, you might think, I could never do that. Maybe you, I would never go that far. I would never do that. I would, I would never, I would never. Everybody says that. Nobody wakes up and says, there's no way that he, he said five or six, ten years ago, you know what, I think one day my wife's going to jump off a bridge and I'm going to kill somebody. I think that that's my, that's my ultimate destiny. That's not how it happens. You stop holding on to instruction. And, and, and we've been talking about this a lot lately. When someone speaks into your life, Listen, it's not for our gain, it's for your gain. It's to keep you from loss. When you, when I or Pastor Mario or Pastor Andrews or a leader or somebody speaks into your life and it comes from a heart of love, know that we're not saying it because we're trying, because we, we don't, you know, we, we don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I'm kind of bored. I, I need to find some people to instruct. <laughs> That's not how we live. That's not what our goal is. Our goal is to see you do well. And, but, and there's times that we don't even want to deal with stuff sometimes. We don't want to deal with things. But if we see something in your life and we say, listen, watch out. This is, this is, this is, we see something that could happen from this. These, 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 this man and woman, this all could have been avoided. We went over so many points at the discipleship of, of times where they could have heeded to instruction. And they could have, they could have so humbled themselves and they could have made the right decision. So I want to give you just a few more verses. Jeremiah 6.10, and we'll close. Uh, it says, to whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed. They cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord. They don't want to listen at all. You know, sometimes we think, that's not, someone in church wouldn't do that. Listen, I'm not talking, this isn't talking about people who, who are just not listening to the gospel. This is, these are things that we're trying to teach you that, that you can learn about God and you can leave that stuff. You can leave that stuff. You can, you can start making wrong decisions. Listen, I've been saying this for a long time. I'll say it again tonight. Do not listen to somebody who tells you that you cannot walk away from God, that you cannot lose your salvation, that you are once saved, always saved. That is not biblical. They would say, you know what they would say about this couple? They were never saved. That's what they'll say. They were never saved. If they were saved, they, they were really saved, they would have never done that. That's what they'll try to say. That's not the case. There was fruit in their lives. When there's a bad tree cannot bear good fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. You are judged by the fruits that come out of your life. But that, that has to be something we work on. And so hopefully in this place, if we're growing, which is going to lead into next Wednesday, if we're growing in the Lord and we're growing in God, then we are now bearing fruit that is good. We used to bear bad fruit, but now we start bearing good fruit. And every once in a while, if some bad fruit is on the tree, we pluck it off, we cut it off, we deal with it, we get rid of it so we can keep our tree healthy. Okay? But we, we cannot be these people where God's saying, who can I warn? They're, they're, who can I speak to? Their ears are closed. They cannot hear. Don't be that teenager here. Don't be that young person here. Don't be that older person here who's here physically, but you're not here spiritually. That you're not listening. You're, you're, you're just here. Don't be that person. If you can't learn from a story like this, something's wrong with you. 
I mean, I, I looked on Saturday night, Pastor Carlos sent us a WhatsApp video of the funeral. In the same place that that casket was sitting is where Pastor Mario married that guy that was in the casket. In the same place, the same altar. And not that same altar because it was a different building, but in the altar, I married the couple who killed him. They jumped off a bridge. And they were saved and they were serving God. And they were, but at some point, at some point, they stopped hearing. At some point, they stopped listening. They don't want to listen at all. I've seen that over the years. They've seen that over the years. Pastors will see that over the years where you'll begin to see somebody get an attitude. You begin to see somebody not take correction. And, and, and they may start in the front row. And I, I want to say again how proud I am of you teenagers. You, you're going on about five months of being on this front row. That's the longest I've ever seen the teenager last on the front row. Proud of you. Don't leave that front row. Because when you start fading back is when you start going towards the door. And the closer you go back, and I'm not saying that to anybody who's in the back. You get what I'm saying. Amen. You, but you start moving away to where you don't want to be close anymore and then all of a sudden you're out the door and then when you're out the door, you're gone. And I can tell you, at least, I'm just throwing out, at least three times as many people as we have in this church have gone out and gone back. And people that have been in this church know what I'm talking about. And I'm not just talking about the numbers of people who might have come in and, 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 and an at an outreach like Sunday or, or got saved and, 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 and cried at this altar. And we never saw. I'm talking about people who came in and bore fruit, people who came in and began to serve, people who came in. Every single one of you can think of people that you know today they're not serving God because the devil is not playing games. And there is no greater trophy for the devil than a Christian who backslides. It's a trophy for him to take somebody that, he has, that Jesus has won over and he has lost and get him back. It's no greater trophy for him. Two more verses. Jeremiah 25, 4. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. Amen? This isn't school. This is life. And this isn't just life. This is eternity. If it, it, there, there may be, listen, it's very possible, there may be someone in this, in this room right now, God forbid, there may be someone in this room right now that in five years will not be here. We'll, be, we'll do something horrendous. I'm not speaking that over you. God forbid. But if you don't listen and you don't heed instruction and you don't humble yourself and you don't understand how real this is, it can be you. It can be me. There's nobody that is exempt from this. If, if God is speaking and I at some point stop listening, I'm done. I've told guys over the years, if I'm discipling you, and if you're receiving and you're open, I will give and give and pour and speak and love and give and pour and speak and love. But the moment you put your hands up and you say, I can't, and you don't really say it, but the moment you put your hands up, I'll stop. Because I'm going to go pour into somebody else because I'm not going to waste my time on you if you don't want it. I want you to make it. 
But you have discipleship is a two-way street. And, and for all of us, somebody's going to, I've always said, someone's got to be discipling us, and we've got to be discipling somebody. Somebody, we're learning from somebody, and we're teaching somebody. Reach, teach, send. Okay? Be a disciple. Make a disciple. Okay? So let me finish with some, some positive verses, okay, to go out of here from. That was the warning. That was the story. That was the, the, the horrendous, horrible, tragic news of this last week that's, that's just ridiculously horrible and it should have never happened. But the good news is we can save ourselves from problems and destruction. I'm very thankful for that. Because you're still here and you're not there. We can save ourselves from destruction. Think about, the, I'm going to read those two verses. That, and just give me five more minutes. Think about those kids. Beautiful kids. Gorgeous little girl named Julissa. Curly hair, red hair, beautiful. I'll show you the pictures. Lucas, about 18 years old probably now. Is he 16? That's it? 16 years old. What's Julissa, 10? No, something like that. 10, 16, no parents. And all the good they've seen. What, what, what kind of hope do they have? Parents, when you don't make the right choices, I said this last week, you are not just affecting yourself. You are affecting other people. Everybody thinks, well, this is just my, this is, I'm just, the, my, this is just my deal. You're always affecting other people with the decisions you make. So we can save ourselves from problems and destruction. Proverbs 19.20. What do I do? How do I save myself? Get all the advice and instruction you can. Get all the advice and instruction you can. Get it. Get it. Be a sponge. Learn. Ask. Seek truth. Read the word. Like I said earlier, read it as bread, not as cake for special occasions. Read it as if you have to eat it to live. As if it's your daily bread. Get all the advice and all the instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. So this is telling me that we can end up good. That we can make it to the end. What did Jesus say? He who endures till the end shall be saved. We have to endure. And Joe, I'm going to ask you to head up here if you would. Last verse, Proverbs 8.10. Listen to this. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. He's telling us that instruction and correction is better than money. Okay? Better than money, better than riches is to have somebody speak into your life. Listen, you better be thankful. I'm thankful. I can't speak for you. I am thankful for the people that I have in my life, for my pastors that speak into my life and tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Amen? Amen? How many love Paul Platt? If Brenda wouldn't have listened to a pastor that she hardly knew, speak truth into her life, she would have married somebody else. And he gave her wise counsel. And we wouldn't know, we wouldn't know Paul. We wouldn't know Paul and Brenda. That's just, 
one of many, many examples where she heard that voice. She said, I know, it was good counsel. She, you, she can ask, you can ask her what it was, but it was good counsel where she could have got married to this guy. Pastor Jones tells the story of his own sister. She got married to a guy from another country, and he was a loser. Am I saying it right, Danza? <laughs> and he did not feel right about signing that marriage license. Something in his spirit said, don't sign it. And a few weeks went by, and she called him, and stuff was on the ground out the windows, and they were fighting, and it was bad. She said, I don't want to marry this guy. And he said, don't worry, I didn't sign the marriage license. See, be thankful for somebody. Come on, be thankful for somebody who will look out for you and save you from destruction. There's many examples, many examples. Choose my instruction rather than silver. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, that this would be a reference point for my life. As I look at this horrible, horrible situation that happened, God, this tragedy, there's, there's nothing that I can do to go back and fix what happened. But, oh, I can learn from it. We can learn from it. We can't change it. It is what it is. Unfortunately, the devil has won that battle, God, in their lives. But Lord, I pray tonight for Rudy's salvation in that jail cell. That he would turn back to you. I pray, God, for David's wife, that she would not get bitter at you and she turned to you. I pray that David, in those moments before he died, he had a chance to repent. God, I lift up these situations and Lord as you're in control of those we can only control what we can control in our own lives let every teenager here let every adult say God I don't want that to happen to me this is real people real tragedy real situations help me to heed instruction because right will come out right and wrong will come out wrong how many in this place tonight as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not ready to go into eternity tonight. I don't know for sure where I'd go if I died. I don't know what my future holds, I, but I know tonight that I need to make a change. Even just in the last few weeks, we've had some people in here make a change and say, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of running I want to give my life to the Lord. I've tried everything else. It hasn't worked. Help me tonight, God, to make a good decision. How many tonight could be honest and say, Pastor, if I left here tonight, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Just lift your hand up. All over this place, quickly, all over. That's me. I'm not sure. I want to know tonight that I'm forgiven. I want to know tonight that I'm saved. Amen. Amen. That's all we can do is say, are you ready? Are you ready? So all we can do is ask. God's got to make you, you and him have to make that decision. God, I'll accept you. Yes, yes, Lord. I'll say yes to your will and to your way. Amen. Let's stand tonight if you would. I'm going to open up the altar here in just a minute. And I want us to just, I just want us to take this message and I just want us to say, God, teach me, please. Speak into my life. Don't ever get to that place where you're, you're pushing away correction you're pushing away instruction how many have noticed and, and realized that sometimes correction and instruction is painful but it's so helpful it's so helpful and I'd rather have the pain of correction 
than the pain of failing, the pain of falling, the pain of backsliding, the pain of losing my family, of making bad choices or doing bad things. God can help us all tonight, amen? We're gonna begin to sing this song, and as we do, let's just find a place, amen? Take, take this personal tonight. Thanks again for listening. If you wanna hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.